Greetings. I'm G. Michael, and you're listening to For the Record, the podcast that focuses on black law enforcement professional perspectives. Welcome to the first episode of For the Record. I'm G. Michael, and I am a 21-year law enforcement professional, uh, and I'm a black male. been black my whole life, uh, but I started this podcast after thinking about it for years, thinking about coming up with some way to uh, get my voice out. I was always so frustrated watching the news, always felt underrepresented as far as my perspective or the perspective of other black officers, which may differ from mine, but there are perspectives are not represented enough. So since this is the first episode, the first um, segment of the first episode, I'm just really giving an introduction into what this thing is and why I'm doing it. I am not a professional media person. I'm not a professional podcaster, if that's even the word you call it. Uh, I am a sergeant, been a police officer for 21 years. I supervise officers in the field currently. The next segment I'll give uh, history about myself and a little bit more why I think this type of podcast is important. But uh, just like to say the other episodes, for the most part, will be interview style. It is my wish to interview other black police officers, current police officers or past police officers but black police officers to give a a greater voice uh, to us and our perspectives and to illustrate our differing perspectives at times. Hope you stay with me for the next segment. I'll get more into where I'm from, who I am, and why I think this podcast is a must. Stay with me for the next segment. Welcome back to For the Record. This is G. Michael. Let me get right back into it. Uh, this first episode, again, is an introduction. Uh, I want the audience to understand I am not a professional a podcaster or media person at all. I am a supervisor on a major metropolitan uh, police department in the nation. But I am doing this podcast because the voices of black law enforcement professionals in the media is grossly underrepresented. Uh, And as some would say, we are underrepresented in the ranks of uh, police officers around the nation, period. Um, But I I would say uh, that's a misnomer because there are so many of us, there's thousands of us, and there should be a greater representation on uh, podcasts. Uh, There are some good ones out there. Uh, some black officers that have uh, some real good ones. Blacks in Blue, uh, two lieutenants and out of Oklahoma. I really like that podcast. Uh, you know, there are a few other real good ones, black officers represented. But as a whole, there should be hundreds of podcasts like Blacks in Blue. Uh, there should be hundreds of podcasts like For the Record. We should be on the radio. We should be on YouTube. We should be on major news channels. We should be at the forefront of the conversations if we really 
are talking about the relationship between the police profession and the black community. How can we not have black officers? We need more representation. There are too many of us in this nation. And I will admit a lot of the reasons that people don't really get to hear our own perspectives, because if we're still on the job, we have to abide by our policies and procedures because people will not separate you from the city or the state you work for as a police officer. Uh, they won't hardly ever take your your opinion to be just yours. And we understand that's just how it is. So most of us are kind of quiet, but this is not a time to be quiet. I want my voice. I could not wait any longer. I wanted to do something for a long time like this. I've been slowly writing a book. You know, I've been, I go around and do talks once in a while and I um, speak in my community. And when people stop me on the street, they don't believe it, but I may stand there. I just did this other day on the corner, 45 minutes, seven people yelling at me about a certain situation going on in the community. Because I have a little bit more time than my officers, I stood there and broke down all the different facts, all the variables that contributed to what they were seeing going on. And out of those seven people, six of them, and they invited me to lunch. Uh, the point is, giving a little extra information will go a long way. And getting it from a black police officer, I'm sure helped. But there's even another perspective that I couldn't really share because I had my uniform on and I was acting in an official capacity. This podcast is not an official capacity of my department. This is all my personal um, perspective and the perspectives of those that I will interview. Data USA in 2018 put out that there were 796,000 police officers. And out of that 796,000, 55% of those officers were white. 12.8% are black and 32.2% are other. I really feel like uh, it's hard enough just maintaining a career as a black person anywhere, especially in law enforcement. And a lot of us don't want to take that extra step to make it even harder for us speaking out. But we should not to say that internally we don't fight fights. We do. I dare anyone to assume that we are cowards or we don't challenge things when the essence of our job is that we risk everything every day. We are the ones that answered the call. Some people never answered a dang thing, but they call me a sellout or a coward. <laughs> but I will say the numbers should be greater in our communities. There should be even more black officers. We should have a gr even greater representation. I was a recruiter during the last time this country went through a lot of civil unrest during the uh, Ferguson situation uh, when Michael Brown was killed and the riots started in Ferguson, Missouri, a small city right outside of St. Louis, Missouri. I was a recruiter for six years and that's actually where I was working um, until I was uh, promoted to sergeant and I went back out into the field. 
my 21 years, I've had many assignments. I've loved my career. It has a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Um, but I really believe that I'm the right person uh, for this type of job. My personality fits it real good. Uh, and But I am looking forward to retiring in, in four years. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, but I will say... We had so many young black men and women that came through the door that wanted to answer the call, wanted to be positive influence in their community, wanted to be more than just the folks that sat on their couch yelling at the TV. They wanted to be more than the folks that just left it up to their politicians or left it up to their pastors. They wanted to be the folks that actually put their blood, sweat and tears on the streets every day handling issues in their community or communities like the ones they grew up in. But unfortunately, so many of them were not prepared. So academically, the first thing I would do, uh, screen them for a few things, just check them out in, in the system, making sure we didn't have a someone that um, had some um, legal issues. But I gave them a then I would give them an academic exam, 12th grade level high school material. Let me just say this. All high schools are not created equal. All 4.0s are not created equal. Many of them had college or had college degrees. And we know all degrees aren't created equal. But let me repeat. Our test was on a 12th grade high school level. I had people that came in there with some college or they finished their four-year degree. Some of them have military and college, but many of them scored beneath the standards we could accept to push them through our system because our academy is taught on a college level. We would set them up for failure if we let them start our academy if they were not prepared. For a while, we even started a program on the weekends to get people up to standard academically. But is that really responsibility of an employer to create a workforce that meets the basic standards? Sentence structure and reading comprehension and those things. Uh, I'm not so sure if that's responsibility of police departments. I, I will say that we let ourselves down by allowing thousands of kids every year to graduate from high schools on a level they shouldn't even be starting high school at. And as, and as a nation, we let it happen. We ignore it. Another thing, we had so many of them when I ran them, they had warrants. Now they're, they're coming in to apply for a police position, but you come in my office with warrants, right? They, uh, did other things with drugs. Um, maybe they used drugs or sold drugs. I will admit the use of drugs is something that personally, I think that uh, as a profession, we may have spent too much time on trying to eradicate all drug usage. I believe that war on drugs was lost before I even started being a police officer. And I started in 1999. But with that, it's still my responsibility to stay within the laws 
of my city. So as a citizen, if I have drug charges on me, I'm not going to probably apply to be a, a police officer. If I knew I sold drugs, um, I shouldn't apply to be a police officer. There has to be some standard. Drug usage, most police departments have lowered their standard enough that uh, we will accept some drug usage, but minimal. But as we know, it's almost impossible to find just the regular interviews, just knowing how to bring your A game to a job interview. The folks out there that haven't done any at all, haven't even experimented. And then we get past those easy screening things. We get to the more in-depth part of the background investigations and the polygraphs. And because in our department, once you're selected, you're put through an academy and you are a full-time employee from day one with benefits. But let's get back to the preliminary test. So I would give in the beginning an academic exam and then either that day or the next day they would do an obstacle course. Some departments have some sort of physical test they do. I would get folks to walk in the door saying I always wanted to be a police officer but they would be severely overweight. They couldn't pass the obstacle course, couldn't do four or five push-ups. They always wanted to be an officer. So my point is not to harp on this but just we were just unprepared and we're not doing enough. And that's just the profession of policing. I'm sure we're letting other professions down and letting ourselves down by not preparing our youth, our young people for other professions as well. There are hundreds of black men and women that come in those doors and so many of them were not meeting the standard before they even went to the academy. Then when they graduated, they have to withstand their families and friends, putting them under a certain pressure or the questions they have to always answer. Why do you want to do this as a black person? On the next conversation, they would say, we need more representation. We need more black officers. We need people to understand us. But then when their own son and daughter joins, they don't want it. When their own husband or wife joins, they don't want it. But then they would scream, we need more representation. And we'll get more into uh, so many topics like this. This is the kind of stuff that I want to talk about on For the Record. I want to interview black law enforcement professionals, some of them that may even disagree with some of the things that I just said. I don't want to hijack or to uh, sway or, or to only have my perspective represented. I want to illustrate that, first of all, there are many black police officers out there and many of us have varying perspectives, but the point is we have perspective. We are not robots, we are not brainwashed. We do have many things that go through our hearts and our heads, and a lot of us have a voice, and some of them may have even figured out a ways to have a greater voice, and I want them to tell me how and to share it with you guys. It's so much more to come. Subscribe to For The Record. Again, this is G. Michael. I thank you for joining me on the first episode. Stay safe out there. Until next time.